Hello, thank you for joining the ERJ podcast. My name is Dr. Don Sin. I'm the deputy chief editor of the European Respiratory Journal. Today, I'm joined by Professor Nick Hopkinson to discuss his latest paper, Oral Nitrate Supplementation Improves Cardiovascular Risk Markers in COPD, a Randomized Control Trial. This paper is published in the February issue of the ERJ. Dr. Hopkinson is currently a professor of respiratory medicine at the Imperial College in London. He is also an honorary consultant chest physician at the Royal Brompton Hospital, where he also leads the advanced COPD program. He is an international leader in the prevention and treatment of patients with COPD. Good morning, Nick. Many thanks for joining us today. No, thanks for having me on. Can you give our audience a short summary of your paper? and its relevance for patients living with COPD. The paper describes a pretty straightforward study. We, we conducted a, a randomized controlled trial in people with COPD who had a, a systolic blood pressure or at least 130 millimeters of mercury. And they were randomized to once daily consumption of a, a 70 mil shot of beetroot juice or to a, a, a matched placebo drink that had had the nitrate removed. And they took that once a day for three months. And we essentially looked at the effect on, on blood pressure, on exercise capacity, and on uh, measures of endothelial function. And essentially showed that the active treatment, the beetroot juice, which is high in nitrate, was associated with reduction in blood pressure. And we hope that will translate into a reduction in cardiovascular risk. Also an improvement in exercise capacity and an improvement in endothelial function as well. Very good. Uh, why is endothelial function, or for that matter, blood pressure, important for patients living with COPD? Well, cardiovascular disease is very common in people with COPD. COPD is a disease associated with older populations. It's associated with smoking, which of course in increases vascular risk. And there are you know, more complex interactions whereby the Inflammatory processes and other physiological stresses associated with COPD increase the risk of vascular disease directly. So people with COPD, of course, can succumb to that disease and they can develop acute exacerbations and develop respiratory failure. But for a, a lot of people with COPD, they have heart attacks and strokes, you know, which, we, which we want to prevent. There is also a, an association between acute exacerbations. So when people have an acute exacerbation, the risk of having an, an acute cardiac event in the period after that is quite significantly increased. So if we want to help people with COPD holistically, if you like, it's important to think about them as people who are likely to have multimorbidity. Multimorbidity is the norm in COPD, not the exception. In fact, I think about a third or more of our COPD patients ultimately die from cardiovascular events. So cardiovascular disease is a very, very important problem in our community. Can you explain some of the science behind the beetroot juice? What's in the beetroot juice that protects the endothelium against bad actors and lowers blood pressure? So the, 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 the active component is nitrate. And there are sort of two pathways by which this is produced. There's a nitric oxide synthase, and the function of that in the endothelium is, is impaired in context in people with COPD because it's impaired by inflammation, inflammatory processes, and by oxidative stress. But there's, there's also a separate pathway where nitrate is reduced to nitrite, which is then reduced to nitric oxide, particularly in, in conditions of hypoxia and acidosis. So there's another pathway. And dietary nitrate supplementation increases the amount of nitrite that's available. And 
you know, there's evidence that this can, as well as improving endothelial function, also improve the efficiency of, of muscle. So it actually seems to reduce the oxygen cost of muscle contraction. So sort of nitrate supplementation and particularly beetroot juice is being used by athletes to try and improve athletic performance and, and, you know, is available in health food stores to buy these sort of beetroot shots. And you know, essentially the question was whether this, this thing that improves exercise capacity, which is limited in COPD and, you know, will also improve vascular function or could do, whether this will be something that also was helpful in COPD. Nick, the other day, a patient of mine came in and said he doesn't really like beetroot juice. And he wanted to take a pill, uh, and he found some at a uh, you know over-the-counter source. Is there a material difference of the nitrate in a pill form versus a dietary source? And so, should I inform him to take the dietary source, or they're all equivalent? I, I mean, it, nitrate's not a, a complicated chemical, uh, <laughs> so um, it, it's likely that you know certainly the nitrate effect will arise. However, it's consumed. The nitrate is a component of a healthy diet that is high in green vegetables. So to some extent, we're dealing with what Andy Webb in the editorial he's written that goes along with this paper describes as, as nitrate deficiency. So the beetroot juice is a good way of you know improving people's diets so that they are getting enough of this. But there are obviously other ways and people that already have a, a diet that's very high in green vegetables or, you know, may, may well not get a, an, an enormous Im- improvement. The, the attractive thing about the beetroot juice is that it is a normal food stuff that you can consume that will achieve, you know, a health benefit, we hope. And, you know, obviously some people don't like the taste and a few people find that they have sort of stomach upsets and so on. But we've had in this trial and in previous work, we've done very high rates of compliance with this. So I think most most people can, you know, get, get used to it. And who knows, it may even be that the fact that it, you know, tastes a little bit bad makes it more effective as a medicine. Because you know. <laughs> For sure. Hey, you know, I think if uh, patients can take it in from their diet, that's much better than a pill. You mentioned other vegetables that are enriched with nitrates. What are some of those in addition to beetroot? I mean, I think the green leafy vegetables in particular are good. But, you know, it, it, it's likely that the nitrate component is one of the things that makes a healthy diet healthy. I see. So maybe Popeye was right. Uh, spinach uh, might also be very good. Or Yeah, no, I'm going to say spinach is probably, <laughs> it's probably a good one. You know, my a- Asian ancestry uh, tells me that bok choy will be also very good uh, in lettuce. So um, I-, I think there are plenty of uh, choices that patients have. Yeah. So one of the questions is like, what, you know, why beetroot juice? And, and I suppose that it, it is partly just a question of convenience, that it's, a, it's available as a healthy product out there for, for sale already. The other half of that is that it's very convenient to use for clinical trials because the company that produces the, the beetroot juice shots that we used also produces a match placebo where they just run the beetroot juice through an ion exchange column and take the nitrate out. I mean, nothing's ever easy, but it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a fairly straightforward thing to do clinical trials with because you can test the effect of the nitrate with you know absolutely identical drink right down to the fact that you know it causes some discoloration in, in people's urine because of the sort of pigments in the beetroot juice. Well, what's the dose? Uh, should, is it one glass a day, two glasses a day, 10 glasses a day? What would you recommend as a quote-unquote therapeutic dose? The shots that we used have 70 mil shots and they've got 400 milligrams of nitrate in them. Okay. So I think for most folks, they can just take one glass of beetroot juice a day, uh, more or less. 
You mentioned something about COPD exacerbation. So you didn't test that in your study, but would you expect a glass or two of beetroot juice a day to reduce the risk of exacerbation? And then going one step further, do you think that beetroot juice consumption can reduce the risk of cardiovascular events in patients living with COPD? I'm not sure that it would reduce the risk of having acute exacerbations, but if the findings of this study were borne out in larger longer term studies, I think it's certainly very plausible that this would reduce the risk of cardiac events triggered by acute exacerbations. What we really need to do is to test this out in, in a much larger population for a, a longer period of time. But it's easy to recommend that everyone should start doing this, but we've done this trial in about 80 people. We've done a previous trial where we've looked at the effect of pre-duty supplementation in the context of pulmonary rehabilitation with similar results. So there are a couple of trials now sort of confirming this, but in the UK alone, we have 1.3 million people with COPD with a diagnosis of COPD. So we obviously want to have good, strong evidence before making a recommendation that uh, you know, you know the hundreds of thousands, millions of people worldwide start consuming this stuff, you need to be really confident that it's going to be it's going to be work and there aren't going to be any catches or nasty surprises. Having said that, do you see any downside to beetroot juice consumption for patients with COPD? Are there side effects that, uh, other than discoloration of urine and stool, are there any significant side effects that you've noticed or any unanticipated events that you saw in any of your trials? I mean, not not so far. I mean, so some people just say, yeah, I, I can't drink this. I don't like the taste. But again, that's not been that common. A few people had stomach upsets from it and stopped taking it. Generally, it seems to be very well, well tolerated. And it's essentially a foodstuff, which is, we think, increasing the amount of a important component of a healthy diet for people using it. So I think it's quite unlikely that there'll be anything wrong. But I, you know, I'm, I'm just cautious about making a recommendation for millions of people based on, you know, obviously what we think is is incredibly encouraging initial results. But I think there's definitely one more big study that needs to be done before we can start um, really uh, advocating for this. Do you have any other dietary advice for patients with COPD? Anything that a COPD patient should eat or avoid or any, you know, targets that they should seek? I think it's important to try to eat a healthy diet. And, you know, I, I think one of the major issues around this is not so much what particular food recommendations we should be giving, but actually to sort of step back and think about COPD as a manifestation of structural violence. I mean, you can't eat a healthy diet if you can't afford healthy food. So I think for a lot of people, COPD that, that is a, a disease that is much more common in poorer people and in more deprived populations and so on, that it is just one element in the things that people need to live a healthy life is, is you know, food and warmth and shelter and so on. And just thinking about how much the sort of healthy food plate actually costs, it, it is cheaper to eat bad food. So yeah, I, I always feel, feel a little bit awkward, you know, giving food recommendations in this context. But I think, you know, clearly that's the standard healthy diet, fruit and vegetables, not too much animal protein, I think is good advice for people with, with COPD as well. Very good. Is there any other information that our audience uh, should know about regarding your study or any future studies related to this field? Well, obviously, we hope that we can, you know, get the funding necessary to do the definitive study on this and, you know, have it in, in guidelines soon. I think the other thing that is interesting in this area is that 
this effect of dietary nitrate on blood pressure you know, has been known about for a while, but it does seem to have been a bit of a blind spot for you know, the cardiology community. It's a little bit surprising to me that we don't already know the answer to this because you know the cardiologists have done a study in 50,000 people. <laughs> I don't think it would need to be that large. So it does feel slightly strange to be pioneering this from the respiratory point of view. I think there's a particular issue around COPD that the sort of multimodal effects of this mean that we're showing a benefit in terms of, of you know, cardiovascular risk while lowering blood pressure, but it, it seems to be improving exercise capacity as well. And of course, people with COPD both have cardiovascular risk and difficulty walking around because of the sort of lung disease. And so it's a sort of interesting place to be approaching it from. Very good. Uh, I mean, I, I you know, one reason is our COPD patients, as you've noted, have a lot of cardiovascular comorbidities. And so I think there is a dual benefit for our patients with COPD in taking nitrates and other supplementations. Thank you so much, Nick, for joining us today. And I thank the audience for joining us today. Professor Hopkinson's paper, Oral Nitrate Supplementation Improves Cardiovascular Risk Markers in COPD at Randomized Controlled Trial, is now available on the ERJ website, erj.ersjournals.com. Thank you.